0: Hello, everybody. Um, Welcome to our online service today. It's really a privilege to be with you. And um, my name is John Besson, and I'm one of the pastors at uh, Connect Church. Uh, We're going through a series at the moment, which we've called um, For the Sake of the Gospel. uh, And it's through 2 Timothy uh, that we are preaching. And I've entitled the message for today, Dark Days. Strong faith, because our perspective of the times that we are living in has quite a big impact on the way that we express our faith as we navigate uh, the times in which we are living. So let's take a moment. Um, I'd like us to pray uh, before we get into God's word. And let's pray that the Holy Spirit is going to minister to us through the word, that we're going to hear what the Spirit is saying to us and that the Spirit is saying to the church at the moment. So will not you pray with me? Father, I thank you today that we are not just coming to any word, but we are coming to the word of God. Lord, this is your word for us. It's a timeless word. It's applicable in all situations and circumstances. Lord, we want to thank you for the wisdom we get through your word. We want to thank you for the way in which you speak to us through the word, the way in which you alert us to what we need to be alerted to, the way in which you encourage us, the way in which you give us the tools that we need for the times in which we are living. So, Lord, I pray this morning, Holy Spirit, I pray this morning for your ministry to each one of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 3 is so important. Uh, to this letter because it gives to us a context and a background to everything that uh, Timothy, uh, rather Paul, is saying uh, to Timothy. So let's uh, read uh, chapter 3 and the first nine verses together and I'm going to read through the slowly emphasizing a few points as we go along because I believe this is an ex- extremely important portion of scripture uh, for us today. Timothy, uh, Paul starts off by saying to Timothy, but mark this. In other words, Timothy, I want you to take note of this. This is really important stuff that you need to take note of. He says there will be terrible times in the last days. These are are really difficult times that you are going to experience in your ministry in the days in which you are living. And Paul uses the phrase here, the last days, and, and I know many of us use the phrase the last days to describe a time just prior to the coming of Christ. But in the Bible, when we read this terminology, the last times, it is referring to the season of time or the parcel of time between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. You remember in after the outpouring of the Spirit time in Acts Uh, that Peter gets up and he begins to speak to the crowd about what's happened. And he refers back to Joel chapter 2. And he says that Joel said in the last days, there will be an outpouring of the spirit upon all flesh. And so he is using that terminology to describe the the time between the first and second coming of Jesus. So I know for us it has a particular meaning, but let's also be aware of the fact that what Paul is saying to Timothy related to his time and the time in which Timothy was living. But it also relates to the times in which we are living. There will be terrible times in the last days. And then he describes what that's going to be like. He says people will be lovers of themselves. Sounds a little bit like the days in which we're living in, doesn't it? Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. He goes on to say, have nothing to do with him. They're the kind of who worm their way into the homes and gain control over weak world women who are loaded down with sins. And are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these men oppose the truth. Men of depraved mind, who as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected But they will not get very far because, as in the case of those men, speaking about Janus and Jambres, their folly will be clear to everyone. And so Paul is describing over here some of the things that Timothy is going to encounter in his ministry. And may I add, even in the church in Ephesus. And it's quite shocking when we begin to realize that some of the things that Paul is describing are, are the things Paul is going to encounter in the church. In his ministry, things like people who are lovers of self rather than lovers of God—those are some of the things he was go- he was going to encounter in the church. And and just think about how different online platforms have enabled this to happen in our days. Uh, platforms like Facebook uh, and so onwards. And uh, we even today we talk about taking selfies. And, and it isn't isn't it amazing how uh, through Facebook, Instagram, taking selfies, the focus is on us uh, and the attention is all about uh, about us. But Paul also describes people being lovers of money, where the tendency is to focus on making money rather on the way it should be used. Listen to what he says in 1 Timothy chapter 6. treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Paul speaks about people being boastful, proud, abusive, and disobedient to their parents. And, And Paul seems to be identifying something that he wants Christians to take note of. Even in Christian circles and among church-going people, we're going to encounter these kinds of things. And I think these are some of the, the challenges we will encounter in the last days. And we have to ensure that we stay on track, focus on what God wants, even when these kinds of things happen. But also, Paul also seems to be describing in these verses a downward spiral in what he calls the last days. Because there's going to be a growing opposition to the godly values that we hold to in the days in which we are living. He says people will be ungrateful, unholy, without love unforgiving in other words they, they refuse to be reconciled people don't want to be reconciled with one another slanderous without self control and and Paul wants Timothy to stay alert uh, to to be uh, aware of uh, these trends he will encounter in his ministry and you know because we are also living uh, in these last days when things like this happen we need to know how to respond to them. And that's the that's a burden on my heart in this message today, is how do we respond to the fact that we are living in the last days? How do we respond to uh, some of the dynamics that, that Paul has been describing uh, in this letter? You see, there's a reason people will, will be treacherous and rash and conceited and lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And here it is. He says, when there's a form of godliness without the evidence of God's power, there is a form of godliness with without the evidence of God's power. And, and Paul is describing the fact that this will be something that we need to be on the alert for because the in the gospel, we will see the power of God at work. In people's lives. That's what that Romans chapter 1 speaks about. The gospel is the power of God at work uh, in people's lives. David Pawson suggests that because people like religion, there will be fashionable, crowded churches where there is all the form and the appearance of religion, but without the dynamite. I love that description. There will be all the, the form and appearance of religion, but without the dynamite. And not only will there be people who who love themselves, love money and love pre- pleasure, but they will also take advantage of vulnerable People. That's what, what uh, uh, Paul goes on to describe as he writes to Timothy in verse 6 and 7. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women. Here here, are people who take uh, advantage of vulnerable people. The weak-willed women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. By now you would think Paul has said it all, but there's one last thing he says to Timothy that you need to take note of. There will be an attempt to undermine the truth of the gospel. That's what he says. And, and remember, he spoke about, uh, he uses the names of two people, which uh, most of us are actually unfamiliar with, Janus and Gemries. Now, Janus and Gemries, we know uh, that are being spoken of over here, were, were two of Pharaoh's magicians. Who opposed Moses by doing counterfeit miracles. You, If you read that account in Exodus, you, you will discover as Moses appears before Pharaoh, there are these, these court magicians who, who served Pharaoh and they imitated or they tried to copy the miracles uh, that Moses was doing. And so we discover that uh, there is going to be, Paul is saying to Timothy, there's going to be an attempt to discredit The truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit with counterfeit miracles and by imitating what God is doing. Now, that doesn't mean we downplay signs and wonders and miracles and the work of the Spirit. In people's lives. and I want to stress that today because we can have the wrong kind of response to the fact that we're going to have counterfeit miracles, counterfeit signs, counterfeit wonders, uh, where people are going to try and discredit God's word in the power of the Spirit. What it means is there will be attempts by the enemy to discredit God's word and to discredit God's power by doing these things. And this is what we are to stay alert to. This is what we are to be on the alert for um, as Christians. Now, as I said earlier, there are a number of reasons we are to be on the alert for what we will encounter in the last days. In the same way, Timothy is to be alert to that, is to take note of it, says Paul. So we also to take note of, of these things. And, 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 and I think it's here that we have some very helpful principles that we can embrace and put into practice that help us to navigate uh, the days in which we are living now. The first one is that we are to be spiritually prepared for the times that we live in. Can, can I say that again? We are to be spiritually prepared for the times that we are living in. You see, as we read through the Bible, we are constantly being reminded that we are to stay alert, that we are to train ourselves to be godly, that we are to take off the old and we are to put on the new. And the way to counteract the fact that we are going to encounter a form of godliness that denies the power thereof is to keep going back to the truth. It's to keep meditating on God's word. It's to keep reminding ourselves of the truth that has been passed on to us. You see, the way to be alert to what is false, the way to to deal with some of the dynamics that we're going to find ourselves facing is by going back to the truth and preparing our hearts, preparing ourselves spiritually for the times uh, that we live in. You see, the gospel is not a form of godliness. It's not an outward appearance of things. It is the power of God to save people. That's why Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God for the salvation of all who believe first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. Paul was emphasizing that the message he preached was a message of the power of God to transform and to change people. That's why Paul reminds Timothy that it was to the consistent teaching of scripture by both his mother and his grandmother that resulted in him having a sincere faith. And you, you remember if you read through 1 Timothy, yeah, or 2 Timothy rather, that, that Paul emphasizes that. That the sincere faith that you have, Timothy, is through the fact that from very young you were, you were consistently taught the Scriptures, um, which, which, which brought you the sincere faith that you have, or resulted in the sincere faith that you have. That's why Paul reminds Timothy that he has not received a spirit of timidity, but the spirit of power and love and of self-control. Because you see, this is not about a form of godliness that denies the power, but it's the power of God at work in Timothy's life. That's why he is told to keep the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Jesus. He's told to guard the good deposit that was entrusted to him. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us, says Paul. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, 13 and 14, listen to these words. What you have heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And being spiritually prepared happens as we keep going back to the truth, as we keep identifying what is false and what we see around us that is that is, um, uh, uh, concerning, I would say, it's where we recognize here's an attempt to undermine the truth of God's word and the power of of God's Spirit. So that's the first thing A reason I think that we are given uh, this description, this very vivid description of the last days and the times uh, that we are living in it's so that we can be spiritually prepared. But the second reason is that we need to exercise some degree of discernment in who we identify with. Exercise some degree of discernment as believers in who we identify with. You see, Timothy is instructed over here when, in, I think it's verse 5, where, where Paul says to him, have nothing to do with them. Who are the, who are the them that he's talking about? He's, he's talking about the people who have this form of godliness without a demonstration or evidence of God's power being at work in their lives. And the concern that Paul has on his heart is that there will be false teaching that will draw people away from the gospel itself. You see, false teaching leads to this kind of behavior. And Paul's concern, deep down concern, is false teaching will draw people away from the gospel message uh, itself. And so it, it goes even further. He goes even further. The description of the last days, he says, is one where there will be an emphasis on ourselves rather Than on God. And because this is so subtle, Christians need to exercise discernment. We need to test things. We need to check who we are listening to. Listen to John's instructions in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1. And and can I draw your attention to this when we talk about being discerning in the days in which we are living? Dear friends do not believe every spirit. Not just, not just saying, do not believe every person, do not believe every spirit. That's very important. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Here's the reason, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And you know, I I love prophecy and I I hold to good prophecy, and I think prophecy is important in the life of the church. But man, so much damage has been done through false prophecy and false prophets that are roaming around. You know, with all the uh, amount of information available to us today, the task, this task of being discerning is not always an easy task, but it's a hugely, hugely important task and in, in, and, in, and in fact this is the reason uh, Paul tells Timothy to preach the gospel in season and out to to pass on what he has received to reliable men who will be qualified to teach others we, we've got to have a measure against which we judge things and this this valuable gospel message he is to pass on to reliable men. look at verse one and two of 2 Timothy chapter 2. Hear then, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus and the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. So that's the first thing to be spiritually prepared the second is to exercise some degree of discernment in who we align ourselves with who we identify with this is an important thing in terms of preparing ourselves and being equipped to live in the last days the third thing is to remember that the gospel itself has the power to convict people it has the power to transform people And it has uh, the ability to enable people to live like Jesus. You remember in Acts chapter 2... And verse 37, this is just after Pentecost, uh, Peter he stands up before this crowd that is gathered and he wants to explain to them what has happened, why the, the, the apostles and the early believers are, are praising God in, in languages that everybody is able to understand, a very unusual uh, phenomenon. And as he's beginning to preach the word and he's beginning to explain that Jesus is the Messiah that they have actually crucified, the Bible says they were cut to the heart. Here's perhaps some of the very same people who not long before were shouting crucify him, crucify. Here were people who were strongly opposed to the fact that Jesus is the promised Messiah And now the Bible says they are convicted. They are cut to the heart. There is a work of the Spirit as the message is being preached. The gospel message is being preached. The gospel itself has the power to transform people's lives. I love uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 where Paul says, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Quite a list uh, of things that he puts out there. But here's what I like. He says, and that is what some of you were, past tense, but you were washed You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Here's people whose lives were transformed by the power of the gospel. This is not a form of godliness. Remember that it's the gospel that has the power to do these things. But the gospel also has the uh, the ability to empower people to be like Jesus himself. No, the work of the Spirit is to make you and me more like Jesus. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, where Paul says, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And then he goes on to describe all the desires of the sinful nature. He says there's a battle that each one of us has going on inside of us. And his word of advice, his wisdom is saying, live by the Spirit and you won't gratify the desires um, of the sinful nature. You know, when Paul preached, he had an awareness, a deep awareness, that something very powerful happens through the message of the gospel when he preached. Listen to what he says when he writes to the Corinthian church uh, in chapter 1, or rather chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. Let me read that for you. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know, to know nothing while I was with you, except, here it is, Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear, with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. He it it said, I'm not trying to persuade you in my own strength. He said, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. And that's what Paul is speaking about. When I preached, I just was aware of the fact of the power of God and the Spirit of God at work in people's lives, so that people started getting transformed. And it's not good Christian entertainment, lights and and smoke and atmosphere, but the power of the gospel that does this. Isn't that awesome? But then lastly, in response to the fact that he's living in the last days, Paul reminds Timothy that the truth will stand the test of time. He says about uh, like Janice and Jambres, so these same people who oppose the gospel, it's going to become evident to everybody what they're up to, and what they're doing, and their deception. You see, when the truth is under attack, we need to remember this is nothing new. You know, if it happened to Moses with Janus and Jambres, where there was this spiritual battle that was taking place every time Moses uh, appeared before Pharaoh, then certainly we're going to encounter it as well. Let's be aware of the fact that in the times in which we are living, we are going to find that opposition as well. Remember what uh, Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verses 1 and 2. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits. So here were people that were claiming to be in the faith. They will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. And these are some of the things that we're going to encounter in the day's in which we are living. Let me remind you of these four things again because I think they are so important. This is what Timothy uh, Paul is highlighting to Timothy that we, we need to take note of the times in which we are living so that we can be prepared to respond so that can, we can prepare ourselves. He says be spiritually prepared for the times we live in and and i want to stress that again we need to be spiritually prepared how by going back to the word reminding ourselves of the word and meditating uh, on the word exercise some degree of discernment in who we align ourselves with and identify ourselves with as believers remember uh, john says uh, do not believe every spirit but test the spirits thirdly Remember, it's the gospel itself, the gospel message itself that has the power to convict people and to transform people and to enable them to be like Jesus himself. And then lastly, we pointed out that uh, the truth will stand the test of time. And as it has done through the ages, irrespective of how people have tried to undermine it, water it down, uh, discredit it, it has stood the test of time. And to me, that's so great as I stand here and share with you today to know that the word of God and the gospel message has stood the test of time. One of the great things about God's word is that it gives us all the wisdom we need. For the times that we live in. Isn't it great to know that we've got a resource where we can get all the wisdom we need for the times that we are living in? You see, we're not at a disadvantage when things get bad because we have God's word and we have God's spirit and we have God's grace to guide us. And we need to be aware of the fact that God has given us his spirit to dwell within us. We've got the word of God, which is our truth that that we can go back to. We have the, the grace of God at work in our lives to guide us so that we can navigate the times in which we are living. That's why I said dark days, but we have a strong faith. By regularly reminding ourselves that the spirit of God is at work within us, we can have the confidence to keep going. I love those words of the Paul, of Paul where he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so can we. This is not just a verse for Paul. This is a truth that he discovered. He said, this is something that I learned and I discovered in my life. I can do all things through Christ. And so can we as we embrace the fact that the spirit of the Lord is at work within us. You know, it's God who who uh, is able to keep us from falling. This is not a rel- my reliance on myself or your reliance on yourself uh, in the times that we are living, facing a form of godliness that denies the power of all of these things that happen around us. And sadly, as as Paul has been saying to Timothy, you're going to find these even in the church, even in church circles. Remember what uh, Jude said in verse 24: "To him who is able to keep you." From falling, and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and great joy to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Isn't it wonderful to know that God's got us and God's got his hand upon us? He's the one that's able to keep us from falling. Our reliance and trust is on him. And you know, we have to be prepared for what we will encounter because we are involved in a cosmic battle that's playing itself out all around us. Paul reminds us we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And we need to be alert to that fact. This is not just a a flesh and blood thing that's going on between us and people around about us. This is a war that's going on in heaven that's spilling over onto the earth. But God has given us the tools and the resources so that we can stand firm, so that we can have a strong faith in dark days. And so uh, as we close off, I want to pray for you. But I want to remind you especially, And I think we've got to be intentional about this. Excuse my favorite word again, but we need to be intentional about preparing ourselves spiritually for the times that we live in being discerning, reminding ourselves that it's the gospel that has uh, the power to change people's lives and that the truth is and will stand the test of time. So let's just pray together and, and allow the Spirit of God just to continue to minister to us that as we have received food from the Word, so we might be empowered to put these things into practice as well. My Father, I just so thank you today. That we have been able to take this time to spend in your presence. We've been able to take this time to listen to your word. We've been able to receive food from heaven and manna from heaven from you, Lord, so that we can be equipped for the dark days that we are living. We thank you that you are sovereign and that you reign. And Lord, that You're at work even in the dark days in which we are living. There is the power of God at work in people's lives. We see people's lives being transformed and changed by what You're doing in them. And Lord, just that gives me such a lot of uh, of hope uh, and and a sense of anticipation, Lord, because we want to continue to see You at work, powerfully at work in people's lives. Lord, equip Your church protect your church. Help us to be a a discerning church. Help us to apply the wisdom of God in the days in which we are living. And Lord, we pray that you'll keep your hand upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so the Lord bless you today and may the rest of your day be a meaningful day as you meditate on God's word, as you think through uh, what we have spoken about today. God bless you.